0: wanna go ahead and read the thing
1: okay the facts of the case are not in dispute they are backed by contemporary sources though some are likely exaggerated the death toll is also not in dispute though fragmented it is confirmed by census records and church records of the time in the summer of 1764 in the idyllic mountains and forests of the marguerite mountains of south-central france something was stalking the woods tales of a giant beast one that stood as tall as a donkey as a cow as a horse swept the countryside it had a long snout it had red eyes it could stand on its hind feet it could leap nine feet in the air its fangs were great jutting swords its claws terrifying knives its tail was full and blood red its tail was tufted and thin like a cat's its fur was red its fur was gray or black or a mottled mixture of all the above no bullet could pierce its hide. It wore an armor of boar hide or wood. It could vanish into smoke. Wood cuttings, drawings, and paintings of it varied wildly from artist to artist with no two descriptions quite matching. The only thing that was for certain, and the thing that mattered the most, was that it was killing people at a rapid, terrifying rate. It had no fear of humans and would ignore sheep, goats, and cattle to attack a person, usually a woman or child, and kill them right there in the broad daylight of their fields, often by decapitation and disdainfully leaving the corpse uneaten, seemingly killing for the sake of killing. Soon, all of France was captivated by the story and shuddered with fear of the beast. On this episode of Relative Disasters, the story of the beast... Of Gévaudan.
0: That's some uh, horror movie level rhetoric there, Greg. Nice job.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, bringing, the, I'm bringing the fire. <laughs> Welcome to Relative Disasters, the show where my sister and I manage our existential dread by talking about terrible and interesting historical events as well as their context, implications, and any related sidebars we feel like discussing. I'm Greg, head of Tracking and Identification for the Relative Disasters Wildlife Preservation Group.
0: And I'm his sister, Ella, Chief Arquebuse Maintenance Engineer for Relative Disasters Ceremonial Armoring Company.
1: I love that ceremonial armoring. It's
0: surprisingly (laughs) uh, lucrative.
1: I was going to say, yeah, you guys must be very busy these days. Uh so first I need to clear up something because I have been uh, I love this story
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I have been researching this story for literal years and I have been mispronouncing this region of France uh my entire adult life at least as long as I've known about this story I have been calling this Gevaudan because <laughs> you know <laughs> my bad because you're an um,
0: American and you don't speak French
1: I I see. The problem is I I speak enough French to know how shameful that mispronunciation is. <laughs> so uh the real relative disaster. <laughs> the real relative disaster is the fact that all of my years of taking French in school has paid off to me saying "Gewalden" like it was an Austrian. Wow. Uh, whereas it should be pronounced "Gevudon." So.
0: Je suis uh, désolé.
1: Oh my god. Dude, <laughs> no, it'd be. Uh, Je suis uh, désolé, <laughs> right? So, anyway, to all of our listeners out there in French, je suis très désolé. Today, we will be talking about vous So So, uh, the region of Jevudon mm-hmm. is rocky and hilly and made up of deep forests, spooky. which makes it very spooky. Uh, It's also very hard to track and very hard to hunt one specific animal. Mm,
0: What animal is Uh, that?
1: These, well, we don't know. We're getting there. I was Uh, trying
0: to get you to skip ahead.
1: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, The attacks of the beast of Gévaudon Mm -hmm. took place over a 50 mile range. Mm. So imagine 50 miles and it's all woods and hills. Have fun. Um, with lots of like weird rock formations and little lakes and stuff. The the place apparently used to be. Um, I can't get into the geological history. Anyway, is it volcanoes? It was yes. Um, in the Second World War, mm-hmm. many French resistance troops, the maquis uh, and saboteurs, hid in these same uh, the same region, and legions of Nazis couldn't find them. Mm. Uh, so that should be a good in- indication of why it's really hard to hunt down one specific animal It sounds a little cavey to me it's actually not cavey but it's very rocky outcroppy
0: so it's it's like rocks and forest and that's it
1: yeah okay. yeah, yeah yeah pretty much okay. rocks forests nice rolling hills it's gorgeous mm. to look at but I cannot imagine what one trying to find one wild animal no matter how big it is mm-hmm. in that place would be. And two, I can't imagine being stalked by said wild mm-hmm. animal in that place. So, yeah. Okay, so in the early summer of 1764, mm-hmm. a 14-year-old girl named Jeanne Boulet was killed by an assumed wolf attack. At this time of human development in general, uh the European wolf was still a danger to the people occupying its habitat and hunting grounds mm-hmm. this was something i did not know before doing the research for this so rough estimate how many people do you think died of wolf attacks in the 1700s where in in europe uh just the ballpark
0: 25
1: <laughs> 25 people yeah is that wrong yeah tens of thousands
0: no kidding
1: oh yeah in the 1700s Anywhere from seventy to 90,000 people died of wolf attacks. Okay.
0: See, my metric for wolf attacks is the United <laughs> States where...
1: And the North American wolf, zero wolves Zero people are afraid have died in the past yeah. 100 years yeah. from wolf attacks. No. Uh, it's more than zero, but not much more than zero. I think the margin of error puts it at zero. It's but under 25. The, it certainly is. And uh, that was not the case in Europe in the 1700s because... Um, Wolf attacks in rural areas were basically just a fact of life. This is
0: the same wolf,
1: though, right? No, this is the Eurasian wolf. The North American timber wolf is divergent enough Mm -hmm. to to have developed, um, and of course, its terrain is different. Right. So it's developed different hunting patterns and different ways of doing things. The Eurasian wolf, especially at this time, had no fear of human beings uh, because their livestock was a major source of predation. Hmm right okay however uh the previous few years in this region had seen a pretty bad confluence of events we had a very harsh drought Mm -hmm. and a particularly virulent livestock sickness uh that devastated previously well-off herds and their human caretakers were not in much better condition Mm. most residents of of the gevaudon region were malnourished and surviving in starvation conditions. Okay, okay. so they were both easy prey and a reasonable food source for hungry wolves. Hmm. Um, One wolf attack on one child, while undeniably awful and tragic and heartbreaking, was unfortunately not outside the norm. Children were very commonly uh, sent out by their parents to tend the flocks of sheep and herds of cattle, Mm -hmm. and normally a wolf would come along and, you know, Eat one of those, but every once in a while they grab a kid. I mean, they're
0: easy to mix up. <laughs> no. <laughs> a kid, a
1: sheep. The problem is that, uh, well, if you'd said a kid and a goat, we could have gotten a pretty decent Ah, uh, too late. So you missed it. Too little too late. It.
0: Do you want to go back? Do you want to start over? I can sound surprised. No, we
1: might, we should just start over the whole episode. This has just been a train. <laughs> r-. All right. Uh, but the problem is that, that the attacks continued mm-hmm. and seemed to accelerate.
0: Oh, that's not good. And,
1: and there was a level of really what can only be described as viciousness mm-hmm. in these attacks. This was not a wolf grabs a kid and runs off and, you know, has a dinner that lasts them a couple mm-hmm. day. days. These attacks were people getting their throats torn out
0: mm-hmm.
1: or their heads... Ripped or bitten off, mm-hmm. and not really eaten. So, okay. As well as their flocks and herds. So this is okay? like a so problem like, animal. This seems like a problem animal. Okay. Yeah. Anyone who was alone tending their flocks or herds was a target, and was in grave danger, especially if they were uh, a woman or a girl. The for whatever reason. Young women and uh, girls were disproportionately targeted hmm. by the beast. Um, due to the savagery of these attacks, people began to refer to their perpetrator as the Beast of Gévaudan. So nobody's gotten a look um, at it
0: yet? It's just like a generic beast?
1: Nobody's gotten a look at it and survive. Oh, it. okay. Yeah, lots of people have seen it for a couple seconds. Sure. Um... During the year of 1764, as many as 100 people were killed by the beast. Wow. uh, Which was was now possibly a pair of beasts. Okay. So, again, these numbers are hard to really track because, for one thing, you have ongoing wolf issues, which, you know, may have been credited to the beast and were not. Mm -hmm. You also have... um, conflicting accounts of how many people were killed some figures put it at like 25 some figures are like 500 so it's really hard uh no for that one animal in that one year
0: oh Uh, gotcha so my i was feeling like my number wasn't that far off (laughs) yep okay
1: um so people were scared Mm -hmm. and uh that was not helped by the local church authority the bishop of men yeah
0: this has satan written all over it
1: Oh, no, no, no. This isn't Satan. You're thinking of the wrong direction. Witchcraft. Uh, The the bishop stated in a pastoral letter Uh that the beast was a punishment from God.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, there's really only two directions you can go.
1: Specifically. For the supernatural beast. For the loose morals of girls and women. There it is.
0: That's why he's attacking the girls and women. Okay. So he's more of an avenging spirit than a
1: according to this bishop yes this is the price we pay for you know having female reproductive organs is to get eaten by a wolf and it's our own fault and we should be ashamed of
0: ourselves now does he get eaten by the wolf
1: i wish i could tell you that he did but he didn't okay he's 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 a he's a very well-off person living inside of a very well-off place he's not going to get eaten bummer um okay I know. Also of importance Mm -hmm. is the political situation of France. Yeah, give me some politics. So France had just finished up the Seven Years' War. Mm -hmm. And uh, to put it bluntly, they'd taken a big L. Mm -hmm. Um, Things had not gone spectacularly well for Louis XV. Uh, The French had been forced to concede Louisiana to the Spanish Mm -hmm. and the rest of New France to the British um new france of course would become the british colonies in canada and bits of everything and you know it, it it wasn't great they got to hang on to their sugar plantations worked almost entirely by enslaved people in the caribbean mm-hmm. but um he'd, he'd gotten a bit of a bloody nose in the international scale so he needed a win he needed a big win sure. he needed to demonstrate that he still had his his authority
0: his mojo you know, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And here was a big, scary beast, uh, the perfect foe to demonstrate his God-given right to rule against mm-hmm. unless it was said by sent by God. Then they should team up and fight crime or or women. Or we're getting off topic. No, I'm uh,
0: the... I'm confused. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> because a king, you see, is given the God-given right to rule. Right. Yeah, I understand. But that. then the beast is a punishment from God. So theoretically, they should be on the same side.
0: Right, and,
1: and they should just team up and fight women. I mean, obviously
0: <laughs> this is like <laughs> a little misogynistic it sounds like
1: it's it's you know, I feel like misogynistic is a little simplistic. This seems very much like I don't know what's happening, but it must be dim women's <laughs> faults. I mean. <laughs> Which is misogynistic, but it's it's in that way of just so completely stupid that you can't even give it credit for creativity. Like it's just, uh, it, anyway. Wow. So uh, the public of France was inflamed by lurid tales of the beast, murdering innocent young girls mm-hmm. and tearing women to shreds in broad daylight, especially the fact that it was unafraid of guns, dogs or humans. Oh, OK. And, And uh, La Gazette de France, the first weekly newspaper of France, absolutely ran with this story, publishing over 100 articles on it in the first year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talk about journalism a lot on this show, and uh, I feel like (laughs) most of the disasters that we talk about, some newspaper has been like, boys, this is how we're going to
1: get rich. This is where we plant our flag, people. Uh, The beast also became a political symbol to Britain and the North American colonies. Really, uh, As a symbol of showing how weak Louis was. He couldn't even kill a single wild animal.
0: Oh, boy. Okay.
1: So, not great. (laughs) I mean, Um,
0: (laughs) you know, it was not great, especially if they were thinking of the local wolves when they said that.
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs) The ones who
0: eat mice and are the size of dogs.
1: So, in January of 1765, Mm -hmm. a teenaged boy named Jacques Portefeuille, was walking through the woods with seven friends when the beast attacked them, taking one of the children away to eat. Oh, no. The kids stuck together and managed to rescue their friend and drive off the beast, and they all survived.
0: That's the buddy system so at work now, right there.
1: It is. Yes, this is why we buddy this up. This is why we buddy uh, up
0: <laughs> on every field trip. So,
1: so now Louis the Fifteenth had his hero and his moment, mm-hmm. so he awarded a princely size of sum of money to the kids, and... A fully paid education to Portoferraio, nice. Which is right. That's that's pretty um, good. Louis the Fifteenth then issued a royal decree mm-hmm. that put a reward of about a full year's salary for killing the beast, mm. and hunters jumped at the call. Sure. So first up was the 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 army of France had had to take their shot, and uh, that would be the Clermont Pri dragoons led by captain Jean Baptiste Duhamel. So Duhamel had trouble from the outset. Again, the area was difficult to navigate and help from the locals was limited by the fact that these were starving malnourished people. Mm-hmm. Uh in his writings, he noted that the locals kept passing out as they were searching. Oh jeez. So, yeah, not great. Um he did come up with some uh cunning ideas. Mm-hmm. He had some of his people put on dresses because uh, the logic was that the beast seemed to target women and girls. So put on a dress, lure it out, shoot it.
0: Not going to lie. I like the creativity. The execution needs a little, a little, it's a little Looney tunes, but uh... but it would
1: have been amazing if it had worked. Unfortunately it didn't. Okay. Um, and Duhamel led military organized hunts. So what he did is basically spread his men and volunteers out in a systematic, almost like a grid pattern search. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, to Duhamel as well, this was a way to sort of reclaim the honor of the French military after the Seven Years' War. Sure. Like,
0: we want to have a feel-good moment here.
1: Yeah, we want to have a win after, after a real bad moment. We there. want to have our rocky moment. Exactly. We want to get back up off the mat. After several sightings mm-hmm. and flushing out the beast, in fact, Duhamel, uh, in his writings is the first one to launch the theory that the beast could have been a hybrid of some kind. He declared that uh, one of its parents had to have been a lion, and he had no idea what the other parent could have been. (laughs) That's almost scarier Uh, than... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The lion uh, part is
0: scary, but the unknown other part is also very scary.
1: Exactly. Okay. Uh, But no matter what they tried and how thoroughly they searched, uh, they could not find and kill the beast. So, Louis the Fifteenth next sent in the wolf hunting Denevals, Jean Charles Marc Antoine, and his son Jean Francois. Oh,
0: he got the whole family.
1: Oh, just just uh, no, it's just two people. Oh, okay. It's a lot of names. That's a lot of That's names, for, lot of two names for two people. Um, the the it's it's Jean the older and Jean the younger, uh, the Denevals. So they brought bloodhounds. Sure. And uh. Duhamel, Captain Duhamel had to call off his attempt since uh, the Denevals were hunting with more traditional wolf hunting methods, tracking and stealth, Mm -hmm. not the systematic searching. And you can't do both at once. So Duhamel's people were, you know, uh, ushered off. With their dresses. And yep. uh, uh, Over the next four months, the Denevals killed a bunch of wolves, but none that fit the description of the beast. And what
0: exactly were they looking for?
1: They were looking for a very, very large wolf. Okay.
0: So they were killing, like, wolves and then going up to them and being like, oh, no, it's a medium-sized wolf.
1: No, this one this one can't be. This one is sensibly sized. <laughs> uh, okay. This can't possibly be the beast. Things went badly for them. Uh, during a popular fair, mm-hmm. um, the beast attacked three people in the same day Ooh. while they were supposed to be, you know, out there killing it and uh you know it's not a that, good look you're didn't... just
0: out there like slaughtering the local wildlife and then and then, the beast and is then, out there yeah, at the fair the just eating up. children yep.
1: basically doing the same yeah, yes that's not a good uh, look. so louis the 15th uh basically uh revoked his his royal uh um approval of the Denevals, and he's
0: they lost their hunting license. They
1: didn't lose their hunting license, but they sure lost uh, his confidence in them. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Louis then sent his own personal royal gun bearer. Okay. This was the man named François-Antoine. So, um, confusingly enough, his son is also Antoine. Okay. François-Antoine was an excellent hunter, and they worked alongside the Deneval for a little while. hmm but then they, uh, they removed them and, uh, and Antoine had complete control of the hunt. Basically, Deneval and his son lived out the rest of their lives in mockery uh, for failing to kill the right wolf and letting the real one, you know, eat a bunch of people on their watch. I
0: gotta tell you, Greg, this sounds like the worst group project ever.
1: It really does sound kind of like, you know, somebody started it and then they couldn't finish it. And then the next person comes along and has no idea where they were. Mm -hmm. So they have to start over. And anyway, Uh, so Antoine starts looking through the forest, basically using the same methods that the Denevals had, but uh, hoping that he had a little more mojo on his side. Right. So he discovered two sets of tracks at the site of the latest attack. Mm-hmm. This is in July of 1765. Okay. so we're about a year into these killings. and again, about a hundred people or 40, you know, depending on which records you can follow. right? Uh, have already been killed. Okay. and and hundreds more attacks. right, okay. He makes some observations about how the uh, Gévaudan beast seems to be moving mm-hmm. and what it seems to be eating and how it seems to be attacking and all this other stuff. And Antoine really, uh, you know, he pointed out how bad the terrain was to try to find something like Great. this. Uh, he's he's not at all surprised that neither the Denevals nor Captain Duhamel had any luck. Mm-hmm. He's, you know... The phrase needle in a haystack wasn't really in in use at the time, but like this was, this could have been a great way to coin it. Sure. Um, so while he's looking for the, uh, for the beast, mm-hmm. we have our second hero. Okay. All right. So our first hero is, is the young Mr. Portefeuille, who... You know, protected his his friends and rescued right. one of them from the jaws of the beast.
0: Alright, that's that's a pretty good move for a,
1: right? for a thirteen up. year old. So in August, Marie Jean Valet was walking from her home to a nearby farm mm-hmm. with her younger sister when she heard a noise behind her, turned and basically came face to face with the beast. Oh, no. It had probably been stalking them for some time mm-hmm. and it had been waiting for them to cross a bridge where they would have no means of escape from it. Now, uh, since the women of Gévedon were no fools, most of the young women were carrying some form of defense with them. Sure, Valet's was a homemade spear, which in some accounts had a bayonet on the end of it, it and by other accounts was little more than a sharpened wooden stick. But at any rate... I like
0: the bayonet. As
1: the beast leaped for her... Mm Uh, she stood her ground and drove the spear into its chest.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So it died?
1: No. Oh. Uh, the beast howled and snapped at her as it was impaled and then fell over the side of the bridge into the river and uh, thrashed around for a while until it was, you know, swept out of sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marie-Jean Valet became known as the Maiden of Gévaudan becoming uh, one of the very few survivors of the beast. And she has a really great statue in the town of Auvergne oh, cool. uh, Depicting her moment of awesomeness. I mean,
0: that is pretty badass.
1: Oh, it's incredibly cool. And uh, Antoine requested that uh, she be given a monetary reward for it. Uh, he is, in fact, the one who uh, gave her the title of Maid of Gévaudan, comparing her to Joan of Arc. So, you know. Did she however, get a
0: free education is my question?
1: Uh, no, because remember, you can't give women education. So oh, right, it's right. bad for we them. We get ideas. It's bad for them. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. Uh, but uh, she, did get, she did get some cash out. Okay. Also. Well, mean, that's you know, not bad. That's not that, it's not that and bad. And a statue. Uh, however, Antoine was not sure that the beast had been wounded enough to kill it. So he stuck around. She
0: stabbed it with a bayonet and knocked it over the side of a bridge. How is it not yep. dead? It's an uh, animal. It isn't okay.
1: A lot of people did think that she had killed it. There was a big party on the 19th of August. Uh-oh. Her her encounter with it was in the 11th of mm-hmm. August, and then a few days later, another young woman was attacked, and the attacks started to pick up in frequency.
0: Oh geez, she just made it mad.
1: In the span of about 10 days, it attacked nine times, uh, killing two and injuring four. Antoine was about to give up hope Mm -hmm. because nothing he was doing worked, and there obviously weren't enough of these awesome young women walking around with spears to fight back. So he was going to quit when a new contingency of huntsmen and dogs showed up as reinforcements, and he Decided to give the old college try again. In mid to late September, one of his huntsmen spotted a large wolf Mm -hmm. in Saint-Julien-des-Chats, where uh, there was another large wolf, probably a she-wolf, and her whelps. They moved in, and uh, the entire wolf pack was located in the Pommier Woods, north of the actual abbey of Mm Deschamps. And uh, they basically surrounded the forest, moved into the trees, set up the hounds, and the wolf ran right at Antoine himself. Now, he had loaded his musket.
0: Oh, (laughs) crap. We're still in the musket days, aren't we?
1: Yeah, but he had loaded his musket Mm -hmm. with what was called wolf shot. Now, wolf shot is nasty. It is about 5 charges of powder.
0: Uh-huh.
1: A musket ball. Mhm. And 30 to 40 pieces of just kind of shrapnel. Okay. So this is more this is less of like a musket shot than almost like a blunderbuss, like just shove a bunch of stuff down the barrel and set it off. The key is to function almost like a grenade, okay. where no matter what it hits and how it hits you, it's going to hurt. Right. So he shot the wolf, <laughs> <laughs> from about 50 yards away, uh, where the recoil from the musket itself, because it was so overloaded, mm-hmm. nearly knocked him down, mm-hmm. um, and the wolf fell. Okay. Right? Uh, he could see from his distance, Antoine could see, that the musket ball had gone right through its right eye. Cool. So, uh, he turns around to uh, send up the call, and the wolf gets back on its feet. No, no. And comes at him. <laughs> and then one of the other gamekeepers fired a shot into its side. Mm-hmm. So the wolf turns, heads back for the woods, gets shot again, and drops. This time it doesn't get back up. So they got it. This is a big, big wolf.
0: How do we know that?
1: They call it Lelu shahs uh it is six feet long what <laughs> three feet tall and weighed in at 140 pounds okay that's definitely
0: so, an xl wolf but that's not the size yeah. of a pony
1: <laughs> no it's not but antoine wanted to confirm that this was the beast sure so uh he took it in for a necropsy and the necropsy turned up Uh, A couple of bad things and a couple of good things. So the bad things were no human remains in the wolf. Okay. So if the wolf had been eating people, they'd already passed through. The good news was that none other than the maiden of Gévaudan, Mm -hmm. Marie-Jean Valet, basically saw the wolf and said, yeah, that looks a lot like the wolf that attacked.
0: Did it have a wound from
1: her? It did not have the corresponding stab Mm -hmm. mark, but... Uh, so this is close enough, right? This is close enough. This has to be it. So Antoine, uh, arranges to have it embalmed. As you do. Yep. Like you do. And displayed before the king, because this has become a matter of honor. All right. So, you know, the king's honor is at stake here. This has to have been the beast. Look, we killed it. We got it. And Francois Antoine was the, uh. He was the hero of the day. Sure.
0: Did he get a parade?
1: Uh, he got like a royal passage, basically. Awesome. Um, the body was sent to Versailles. It was stuffed and presented to the king. However, Antoine had some lingering doubts. Oh. He was worried. So he stayed behind for a little while.
0: Again, it's an XL wolf. It's not. It's not the pony-sized one they were looking for.
1: It also doesn't have the coloring or the weird tail things that have been advertised. I mean the
0: coloring the, and the tails and the other and stuff the weird you mentioned.
1: Oversized mouth and all that other stuff. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, it's maybe not. It
0: seems like it's going to be hard to pin this down. Like that's not a very good description.
1: No, and and they're conflicting descriptions. Right. Uh So Antoine, uh, uh, he, he he hangs he hangs out for a while, trying to track down the beast of Shaz's mate, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Pair and they have pups. And they have
0: pups. Yeah. You want to take care of that. And they have pups. Cause they're right. now they're going to be so, mad.
1: Uh, they found, they found them, um, about 10 days later. Okay. And they hunted them deep into October.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, they, uh, they shot one of the wolves, but they believed it was one of the cubs. Mm. Uh, even though it was full-sized. And uh, and that cub did escape, but they kind of let it go, feeling like that's a mortal wound in most wolves.
0: Have we learned nothing? Nothing from horror <laughs>
1: movies. <laughs> nothing.
0: I was just going to say the beginning of this story.
1: <laughs> so they shot the... They did find and shoot the she-wolf, mm-hmm. but she escaped. And then... Probably a mortal wound, though. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Now, these this continued hunting had kept... Uh, the so-called beast's mate and its progeny,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, from attacking more people. They had killed nothing but sheep over the last couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and then they, uh, they spotted the she-wolf again, and after about two hours of chasing it, they basically tracked her down. To nearly the same place where the wolf of Shaz had been killed. They hunted her down, wounded her twice, and finished her off, and she died. Now, she was 26 inches tall. Okay. And showed signs of having recently nursed. Given the the track record of the huntsmen, they'd been gunning down the wolves in this area pretty regularly. He... Basically, guessed based on the condition of the mother how many whelps there were, and he determined that there could only be one left. So uh, Antoine tracked it down and killed it uh, in mid-October. So that's it; they got them all. Great. Uh, the problem with uh, this was that they didn't they didn't have necropsies. The carcasses of the former pups who were again fully grown at this point Mm -hmm. and their mother were not well preserved and they started to rot Mm. before they could really be determined of of value now the king uh had determined that nope they got him that was the beast they killed the beast and uh issued them the gigantic reward and antoine did a very bro thing here Mm -hmm. uh He took a very small fraction of the reward for himself and distributed the rest among the huntsmen. Hey, So not bad. Not bad. And then they all got Um, rugs. Yep. Wolfskin rugs. Yep. Really nice, really nice rugs or sweaters. (laughs) Not a sweater. Hoodies. Hoodies. He was also uh, praised widely at the court. He was given the cross of the order of St. Louis, Mm -hmm. a pension, which was pretty nice, and he was granted the right to add the image of the beast to his personal coat of arms. Nice. So that's pretty great. Yeah. right? You got you to feel like Antoine is the hero of the day. Uh-oh. Well, and the attack stopped. So. Oh,
0: okay. That was my next question.
1: Yeah. yeah no, the attack stopped. Everything was fine. Awesome. Until December. Oh. When uh, a shepherdess of 11 years old was dragged off into the woods and killed.
0: I have to say, I really hate that this beast is targeting It's targeting children. kids
1: and girls. Yeah, that's the thing. A little confluence of events, again, just like a, a strange rise had given to the uh, the first part of the story. The second part of the story here has another problem. Uh, this shepherdess, this little girl, was killed in the same way. She was killed very brutally, and the body was just left.
0: Mm-hmm. So not eaten, just uh,
1: left. Yeah, just ripped, ripped apart, oh, and left. Poor baby. However, the beast had already been killed.
0: Yeah, I so mean that's a problem. For,
1: for Louis the Fifteenth, case was closed, and his only son, Louis, mm-hmm. uh, the Dauphin of France, had just passed away as well. Mm,
0: so he's distracted.
1: So he's he's distraught, and even the newspapers stopped. Carrying news about the attacks in Gévaudan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, the people of Gévaudan were sort of left to themselves. And here we come up with our third hunter. The killings continued mm-hmm. and continued all through the winter and then into the summer when we meet Jean Chastel. Okay. Okay. So, this guy. ...is a complicated story. How so? Jean, Jean Chastel was a man who lived in Gévaudan. He was a farmer. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and he and his son were uh, trying to hunt down the beast because they'd known lots of people who had been killed by it. Sure. So a local nobleman, the uh, Marquis d'Apche, uh, organized a hunt in June. Jean Chastel is a problematic hero mm. because, you see, the pieces don't fit very well. He was a drunk. He was a farmer. He was not educated. He was reportedly not super holy. Mm. Didn't, didn't go to church every day kind of guy. Oh, yeah, you can't kill wolves without yeah, no, you, your you Yeah, no, you need to be a, a holy person to do that. And also, he had been thrown in jail uh, when François-Antoine... Was, you know, he, when, when he was doing his hunts, mm-hmm. uh, the two of them were very aggressive towards Antoine's gamekeepers. Mm-hmm. And while Jean and his son, uh, Jean Antoine, fittingly enough, were thrown in jail, the beast attacks kind of stopped. And then when they came out of jail, the beast attacks picked back up again. Were they the beast? Well, we'll get to the theories. <laughs>
0: I'm so confused. But anyway.
1: But anyway. Uh, so it all comes down to the 19th of June, 1767. Okay. Where at on the slopes of Montmoucher, which is a gorgeous mountain, by the way. The pictures of it are just, I mean, like, think, think... European, medieval-looking, gorgeous mountain, and and that's what it looks like. Okay. Apparently, what winds up happening is the beast just sort of lopes out of the undergrowth. Mm. Jean Chastel sees it, raises his rifle, well, raises his musket, and fires. And the beast dies. Hmm. Now, he and his son are the only witnesses to this, but then they call in the hunting parties, obviously, and the hunting parties come along, and they're like, oh my god, you found it! Uh, and this this was a big animal, a big one, mm-hmm. which was uh, brought to the Marquis who'd organized the hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, it was stuffed by their local surgeon. And a document known as the Marin Report was made, transcribed by the notary Marin of the post-mortem report of the doctor who checked over the animal.
0: So was this a full necropsy or just a... Yes. we little check? Yes. Okay.
1: When this animal's stomach was opened up, the remains of its last victim were inside.
0: Ah, so now we're getting yes. somewhere.
1: So this had to have been the beast. Right. Okay. Nice job. So Jean Chastel kills it. He's given a very, 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 very weirdly small reward. Well, the um, beast
0: wasn't around anymore. The king said so.
1: Right. Right, right, right. We can't
0: give him too uh, much.
1: And we don't know what happened to the body, okay? So it was it was supposed to be stuffed, mm-hmm. but the problem was was that the after they did the necropsy, the corpse was sent to Paris in hot sunny weather in July. Hmm. And it rotted. Hmm. And was just sort of buried somewhere. Somewhere. Okay. So we don't know where and we don't know Uh, like we can't dig it up and see what it might have been. And the king never acknowledged Jean Chastel as the uh, beast's killer.
0: But this was examined. Did the examiners have anything to say about
1: whether or not it was a wolf? Well, that's the problem. Um, The notes of the necropsy Mm -hmm. are extremely detailed. They're really, really good.
0: I feel like this should be in the opening paragraph.
1: Except that They never determine if this particular animal, like they give all the description Mm -hmm. you could possibly want of this. Okay. But it doesn't seem like a wolf. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So there we are. Okay. This is it. This is the beast. We can see that this ate somebody. Right. And it's dead and it's sitting right here. And I don't know what the heck it is. Okay. Uh, And... Now that it's all rotted away and, you know, buried somewhere, we'll never find it. Did they save uh, anything?
0: The... Did they take samples or anything?
1: Nope. Oh boy. Nothing. Okay. Because remember, it was supposed to be stuffed and displayed. So
0: you can still keep a little bit of the hair if you want to, you know. <laughs> just a tooth for a souvenir. <laughs> Please, just give us a little DNA so we can figure this out.
1: So that's the, the, the facts of Je vous donne. So
0: after this, the attacks
1: stop. And after that, the attacks stop. And they don't ever that's recur. It. And they don't pick back up again. There are, of course, other wolf attacks. Right. But nothing to the scale of the beast of Gévaudan.
0: Was this because women started behaving?
1: <laughs> no, no. I have, I have no notes on that, actually. Mm. Um, I wish I did. If, if this had all just been brought back under control by those women's. So what we're left with Mm -hmm. is basically a giant pile of speculation. And we're going to go through these because they're all excellent. Um, First of all, uh, the first and primary theory is that uh, it was a wolf. Sure. An abnormally large wolf. A wolf with gigantism or something. Um, And it seems more and more unlikely the more that you look at the way that the killings were done, Mm -hmm. and that final body not matching the description of a wolf. Could it have been a rabid wolf, which would attack people unafraid? They don't. Eh, Maybe, but a rabid wolf wouldn't live that Yeah, I was going to say. A rabid wolf would have died. Could it have been a pack of wolves? Again, sure, but...
0: Did witnesses say it was more than one wolf?
1: It's almost always referred to singularly. And wolves would take you away and eat you, not murder you, rip your head off, and leave you in the field. That's just not wolf behavior. It's just not right. Okay. Exactly. Theory number two mm-hmm. uh, is that there were a lot of exotic animal uh, collectors at this time. Really? And both of these next two theories revolve around that. Oh, yeah, the height of nobility in France at the time would collect anything they wanted from, you know,. Deepest, darkest, continents unknown, basically. Okay. Our first uh, potential villain is a hyena. I mean. Now, to be fair, a hyena does fit the description of the mottled colors Mm -hmm. and uh, the shape of the head. Right. However, hyenas don't get that big. No, but they're very
0: bitey, aren't they? Don't they they have really strong... They are very bitey. Strong uh, yep. jaws. Oh yeah!
1: Oh yeah! Yeah, they can, they can crush definitely, super easily, really hurt you. They could rip an arm off. Okay. Yeah, but they're not—they're not big enough to be the beast. Well. So the next theory, and this one I love, uh, this was actually published in National Geographic, and this guy has a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to back it up. Okay. Uh, not that I agree with it, but I think it's a fascinating theory. Uh, is that it was a pre-adult lion? A lion. A lion, okay. which, again, would have been an escapee from one of these exotic animal collectors.
0: I'm not seeing a lot of lion behavior in
1: this. Actually, you are seeing some lion behavior in this. Because lions, as opposed to hamstringing larger prey to bring them down and then tearing into the chest area to get as much meat as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. which is wolf behavior, lions close the throat. They tear out your throat. Or rip off your head, mm-hmm. and then they eat you at their leisure. Right, but also, they
0: eat you. They don't just rip your head off and then leave you.
1: It's true. They don't. Uh, and and to be fair, it's not like every single one of these victims were was just murdered and left there. Mm-hmm. Bits and pieces of all of them were certainly eaten. Okay. Um but, and one of the weird things that the, the National Geographic writer, one of, the, one of the main points of his theory is that some of the human skulls mm-hmm. were found almost as if they had been polished, mm. which is a lionish behavior because lions with those coarse tongues will lick until all the flesh is gone from the bone. That's so, so
0: disturbing. It's,
1: it's got some merit to it, Okay, um, but it's a little out there. Yeah. Uh, however, it's not as out there as our uh our next couple I just want to um, ask you a
0: question. Can lions survive a winter in France?
1: In France, not super well. Neither can hyenas, not yeah, super well. I'm gonna but,
0: I'm gonna give a thumbstack. But to
1: those. it's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> it's just mostly out of the realm of possibility. Okay. Alright, so our next our next uh our next one I love because it fits Every single one of the criteria except for one very important one, okay, and that is a mezanikid. Now, the mezanikids are very large, they have long, elongated heads, mm-hmm. they can crush bones, rip heads off, it would be nothing to them. They're huge, vicious predators. The only problem with them is that they've been extinct for 23 million years. I, but other than that, they're perfect. I
0: think there are caves.
1: There's got to be caves. I think there or, are caves or, with, yeah,
0: yeah, dinosaurs. Caves in with them. a
1: couple of kids just hanging out. Yeah, we just haven't with found a them. Sustainable yet. population for twenty-three million years. I mean, uh, able to, uh, certainly able to do all this. So they're out, but they're great. Wait, uh, um, the
0: description does that sound yeah. dinosaur-y?
1: It's not dinosaur. No, these are these aren't dinosaurs. These are mammals. Are they furry? They are, and they're very furry. Toothy? They're a.
0: I'm gonna keep asking questions. What are their eyeballs like?
1: The Messonychids, mm-hmm. which went extinct again at least 23 million extinct years ago. Extinct
0: in air quotes, thank you. <laughs> Do I need to give you my coelacanth lecture again?
1: Again. Uh basically they resemble wolves superficially. Okay. However, um they have they have very thick legs and not mobile spines. So imagine a wolf that's scaled up to the size of a bear that can't, uh, you know, undulate its spine while it's running. Okay. So it can't, it can't lope and it can't jump, but uh, it certainly can rip and tear Hmm. and uh, it has paws that looked sort of like hooves, which does fit one of the more out there descriptions of the beast having hooves instead of pause even though they did track it by following footprints you're talking me into Um, it i like this i i it's pretty great uh one of the uh one of the sources on them refers to them specifically as wolves with hooves um (laughs) uh however by the time europe stopped being an archipelago Mm -hmm. and asia stopped being an island Mm -hmm. they were pretty much extinct wow so oh well Great theory. Uh, our our last couple. Uh, well, we have we have uh, another theory and then a two part theory. Okay. So uh, our our our, la- our next to last theory is obviously a werewolf.
0: I um, mean, this story has werewolf written all over it.
1: It really does. I was wondering what really we were going to get there. So part of this is based on a certain bit of mythology that sprung up. After Jean Chastel killed the second beast, okay. Okay. Now this bit of mythology. Remember how we said that he wasn't a particularly pious person. Mm, a lot of well, drinking. that certainly wouldn't do. Oh no! Not only it wasn't the drinking. It Priests drink, monks drink. Well, no, no, no. It's the not going to church, and and not acting like you believe in 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 higher powers in front of other people. What if you're that's the problem. drinking
0: instead of going to church, instead of in church?
1: Oh, sure. That's true, right. That's true. Uh, so anyway, this obviously wouldn't do well at all. So the local abbot, almost a hundred years later, mm-hmm. um, said that oral tradition stated that Chastel was a very pious man. Okay. And the beast emerged from the woods, and he recited a prayer, mm. and the beast obediently sat, waited for him to finish reciting his prayers, and then. Stayed still while he shot it. Now, that was then because of the prayers. You right, say, of course. Um, yeah. That was then expounded on. The French writer Henri Pouret okay. added his own little flourish to this, which is that the bullets that Jean Chastel fired Ooh. were homemade bullets, silver, melted down, made from Virgin Mary's metals.
0: That just seems disrespectful. Which is
1: the only way to possibly kill this thing. Well, no, because you, you need holy silver bullets. Yeah, but. Right?
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you meant something that belonged to the Virgin Mary. Oh, no. I was no, going to no, say, no, that should personally. be in a reliquary.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Not personally. No, no, no. You know those little medallions? I got a holy
0: you... grail on you for a minute there. <laughs> you did. It's too bad. <laughs>
1: sorry. Um, so, there, of course, comes in the werewolf. Uh, it could only be killed by silver bullets. Silver bullets. Yeah. And all this other stuff. Now, our last two theories are, uh, they are connected. Well, wait,
0: wait. So if this was a werewolf, Mm -hmm. then who was the human form?
1: Which may be connected to our last theory as well. Okay. All right. So the last theory is that this was some kind of wolf-dog hybrid. (laughs) Absolutely. which, (laughs) Which does happen. Actually, they do happen, and they can be a real problem because they are absolutely majestic looking mm-hmm. gorgeous they're adorable puppies but they are not domesticated animals and they will kill you if they need food mm. um and there is a species of mastiff that was very heavily used in the uh, farms out out in gevaudan mm-hmm. as both a guard animal and just a regular farm animal mm-hmm. And it is not outside the realm of possibility that some of those mottled colors and everything could have come from a wolf-mastiff hybrid, which also would have given it the size, right? Right. Okay. So, that's a theory that might hold some water. And it feeds into our next theory, is that this was actually the work of a human serial killer whose method of killing was using his wolf hybrid. Okay. So someone intentionally made a wolf-mastiff hybrid okay. and was setting it on people. On purpose. On kids? On kids. I really... because You know. Okay. Yeah. And of course, mm. who better to fit this than our non-pious, surly farmer, Jean Chastel, who had mastiffs, mm-hmm. and, uh, there is a really uh, kind of not as out there as other conspiracy theories, but it's still pretty out there. Okay. Conspiracy theory that the hybrid was his. And the reason why he killed it was that people were getting too close to realizing that it was his. And the reason why it didn't run was because it was his. So it just patiently waited for him hmm. to shoot it through the head and then declare that he'd found the beast and killed it. Because there's a lot about his story that doesn't quite add up, you know. The beast just emerged from the, from the woods and didn't attack him. The only witnesses to it were him and his son. All this stuff, however, that ascribes a level of malice to Jean Chastel that honestly doesn't make sense to me. Well, um, it does. It ascribes a level of malice to any human being that doesn't make sense to me. And while there are human beings that do horrible, horrible, horrible things to other human beings. I, I, it, this one I don't like. I don't like this theory because it seems a lot based in how people didn't like this guy, mm-hmm. so they kind of scapegoated him.
0: Is there any evidence? Which, of course, like, did
1: other than the fact that he owned a dog and that he was the one to kill the beast, and that the, there's that weird thing about how the beast attacks dropped off while he and his son were in jail.
0: Yeah, but nobody's like shaking down his cottage and finding. I don't no. know.
1: Nope. Nope
0: that like remains
1: or anything yeah no okay no hmm. uh, but it does of course play into the last theory which is that Jean chastel himself was a werewolf.
0: Oh, of course
1: right naturally um, and and he killed one of the members of his sired pack mm. to throw off the scent uh, because you know that that's what you do apparently um,
0: And then he just decided to stop.
1: And then he just decided to stop being a werewolf uh, or, or, you know, being, being as obvious a werewolf. Right. You got to be subtle. You got to be a more subtle werewolf. That's, that's a great band name. More (laughs) subtle werewolf. Anyway, Greg and
0: the subtle werewolves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. The, uh, the beast of Gévoudon was killed twice and never identified.
0: Did they ever
1: in any satisfactory way?
0: <laughs> Can we use like science to look at any evidence in this case? Like, is there any?
1: Not really. There's no. There's no evidence that's usable that's left over from the, uh, the one preserved corpse we do have. Yeah, what it's is It's a that? wolf. It is a wolf. It's a wolf. Okay. Yeah, it's a wolf. Um, Antoine shot a wolf. It's a big wolf. Uh, <laughs> that's so but unsatisfying. Antoine shot a wolf. Okay. Yep. The beast that Jean Chastel killed mm-hmm. again. The body was destroyed by neglect and time and you know the weather uh the sightings of the beast were so varied as to be useless the uh, and contradictory mm-hmm. and the attacks themselves apart from having that really weird pattern of not of just attacking people wantonly in broad daylight and not eating them like they don't really tell us much so This is one of those sort of prisms where if you want to think that this was a lion, there's enough evidence there to support it. If you want to think that this was a wolf hybrid, there's enough evidence to support it. If you want to think that this was a a human being dressing up in wolf skins and sicking his wolf hybrid on people, there's evidence to support it. Because there's such little evidence that you can interpret it Mm. in just the ways you want to. But there's so much anecdotal evidence. Right,
0: but none of it matches up.
1: This was at a time when things were being really well documented. Right. And yeah, it doesn't match up. Um, the, the Marin Necropsy is a bizarre read mm-hmm. because you're like, well, it sounds like a wolf. Except for that and that and, and that and that doesn't sound like a wolf. But the rest of it sounds like a wolf. I, I don't know. I, I like personally, I like the, th- the theory of that it's a pack of wolves that had suffered some sort of genetic dysfunction. And, and they just looked like weird wolves hmm. and, and everything else is hysteria. Cause again, women.
0: Yes. I mean,
1: right. Yeah. We've got to, I mean, truly.
0: Yeah. I just, if you're going to brand something as yeah. punishment
1: from God, you need something to back it up. Maybe just a little, No, something. it's just, you know, something, something. it
0: should affect your treatment of the situation. You know,
1: that's, that's how logic works. <laughs> So that's it. That's the story of the Beast de Gévaudan. Very nice. Thank you. It's fun. It's a fun story. And you can see all sorts of statues and all sorts of other cool stuff. The statue of the actual maiden of Gévaudan Mm -hmm. is awesome looking. It's just a, a, a little girl shoving a spear through a giant wolf. It's pretty great. Nice.
0: Although we gave you slightly exaggerated credentials at the top of the show, we do fact-check our stories in an effort to give you the best disaster experience possible. If you'd like to read more about our sources, a complete bibliography is available in our show notes. If we got anything wrong, please let us know.
1: You can do that by emailing us at relative.disasters at gmail.com, or if you'd like to shame us publicly, you know you do. why not use our Instagram at relative.disasters? A little bit of housekeeping before we get to the end. Yes. Thing number one, we have been getting a lot of feedback from some new listeners, and thank you guys for joining us. Uh, We hope you're enjoying it. About the audio quality of our first, you know, season, bunch of episodes. (laughs) (laughs) If you could be specific with which episodes are driving you nuts because you can't hear one of us or the audio quality is just so bad you can't listen to it, please let us know uh, via email. Because I am trying to go through our old audio and remaster them. Uh, it is a slow process, but if I know that there's one in particular episode that everybody is just like, oh, geez, please get this done, that will be good information for me. Awesome. Yeah. And you had some housekeeping, too. Yeah, well, some literal, some literal housekeeping.
0: housekeeping, some laundry keeping. Uh, oh, we... <laughs> we've got an answer on our gasoline? <laughs> you know, it drives me crazy when I try to Google stuff and I can't figure what, I can't yes. figure something out. Yeah. Uh, so the gasoline thing was truly driving me nuts. A nice... For those of
1: you who haven't listened to it yet, this is the uh, sewer explosions of Ottawa. Women were apparently washing clothing in gasoline. That's what we're talking about here. It's
0: always me. the women, am I right? <laughs> well in this case um we kind of put out a general call for anyone who knew what what they were talking about when they said quote unquote women are washing clothes in gasoline because we could not figure it out um no we asked everyone we could think of we googled a lot of stuff we read some books we read some articles nothing so uh A nice listener on Instagram, Rebecca, kindly sent us an article from The Atlantic in which they talked about a beautiful 1940s uh, safety video
1: (laughs) about washing
0: your clothes in gasoline. Apparently, people would use... It's a
1: how-to and how-to not.
0: (laughs) It's definitely not a how-to. It's a please don't. (laughs) I think the, the creators were like the California Fireboard or something. Oh my God. Uh, so, this was a pretty, pretty intense problem to have if the California mm. Fire Board is getting involved. Uh, so, apparently, you can use gasoline as a solvent. It's like a DIY dry cleaning approach. Uh huh. Uh huh. And <laughs> the video. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> the video is hilarious because she pours like. She has a gallon of gasoline in her kitchen. She's got, like, her water heater going. She's making a pot of tea. She's got two little kids who are running around tugging on her skirts. Mommy! Mommy! And uh, in the midst of all this, she's pouring gasoline into a basin on her kitchen table and, like, swirling a dress around in it. Staring off into the middle distance. You expect her to be smoking, but she's not quite. Um,
1: Although that would have been perfect. So the
0: video (laughs) compares and contrasts what this housewife is doing. You know, she's distracted. She's around open flames. She's got a a literal bowl of gasoline on her kitchen table. Uh, They compare that with a dry cleaning company. Now, they never say that the dry cleaning company is using gasoline. What they talk about is how Uh, it's ventilated and uh, cleaned and there's all this like steam waiting to come down if there's a fire. Yep. It's a great video. I recommend it. Um, <laughs> and now you know. Oh, and the video ends okay. with the woman. Something goes wrong, and the woman is a burn victim, and she's like hanging on to the hospital. She's clinging uh, to life in the hospital, and her husband and children are there looking very sad, and the doctor is shaking his head.
1: If only she had <laughs> washed her clothes and gas. It's a real
0: cautionary tale. And it's uh, yeah, it kind of like- making me wonder what things I'm using that are potentially explosive. You know I love to get wow. creative with a stain remover.
1: I mean, yeah. Explosives would be explosive. Well, all right. Yeah. Well, okay.
0: I'm not using good. gasoline is the point. <laughs> and now I never <laughs> <Or> will. <C4. laughs>
1: well, thank you for that and thank you for our dear listener for letting us uh, for giving us that that insight because
0: I feel a lot better just knowing.
1: Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, so we hope you've enjoyed this story and the discussion, and please join us next time for another strange, dangerous, and interesting event from history. And you know it's going to be interesting because my sister has selected our next disaster. What's it going to be, Ella?
0: You know I love a museum, Greg.
1: Oh, I love a museum, too. (laughs) Museums are great.
0: Uh, I especially love a museum heist. Well, I don't love them, but I love talking about them because they're always so crazy. Yep. Next week, we're going to be talking about the 1990 Isabella Stewart Gardner Heist, in which a number of oh. major artworks were taken uh, from the walls of the museum in the middle of the night on St. Patrick's Day weekend of 1990. It is a fascinating story to me. I don't know if you're going to like it.
1: <laughs> that sounds like an amazing disaster, and I can't wait to talk about it with you.